Welcome to today's podcast, A Bright New Star. We have Marie and Charity here today, and we are talking about what are we planting in our minds. We host a scripture group monthly where we talk about different principles or stories from the scriptures. It's something I have done since we lived in Houston. 16 years ago. In each place I've lived, we've held a scripture group, and it is one of my favorite things in the world because on the days that we meet together, the spirit that fills the home is so sweet. And every time that my kids get home after we've had a scripture group, they will actually ask, oh, mom, did you have scripture group today? (laughs) Because they can feel the difference. And Maria and I are part of the one here. A few months ago, we were discussing the topic of repentance, and Marie brought the most beautiful garden story. I'll let her share. Well, as I was thinking about the garden of our lives, we want, and repentance. As I studied repentance, I found that it's all about change. I feel like sometimes we focus only on weeding. Gardens are only about weeding. And there's so much more to a beautiful garden than there not being any weeds. It's about what you plant. And so I came to the conclusion that repentance is just as much about what we plant than as much about weeding. So as I studied about repentance and how it's really about a change and thinking about the garden of our life and what I want to see in that garden... I want to see beautiful flowers and trees and fruit and vegetables and all of these types of things. It's not just about not having weeds in this area of my backyard. In my life, I feel like repentance is just as much about what I plant and not just about weeding. Yes. And so what I thought about how do we plant things, and it really is about the thoughts that we put into our heads, that those are the seeds. That's how we plant in the gardens of our lives. Isn't that beautiful? What are things that you have found as you've studied planting? Well, the first thing I studied was cultivating the word. I love to study words and cultivating means to prepare for crops. I love that. We do prepare for crops by getting the weeds out. You add nutrients to the soil and you decide what you're going to plant. I think that's huge. So often we're just so focused on everything we're doing wrong and everything we need to get out of our lives. But what do we want to get into our lives? What do we want to be a part of our lives? And as you study people who have what you want in their lives, you say, oh, I want that flower. I want that fruit. I want that in my life. And we start collecting these ideas. As I walk around my neighborhood, I'll say, oh, I don't know what kind of flower that is, but that's what I want in my yard. I remember doing that when I was 20 years ago. Like, oh, I want that flower and I want that tree, but I don't know what they are. Uh Uh-huh. Now we live in this cool world where I take a picture of it and the app tells me what kind of flower it is. I don't have to go knock on someone's door and ask a question, but we can go to people in our lives who have qualities and fruits and say, how did you cultivate that? How did you get that in your life? And start creating a vision of what we want our life to look like, what we want to be like, that beautiful garden of our life. Which is far more motivating than just constantly weeding. Yes. And not that the other doesn't need to happen, 
But it's the exciting part. It's the part that makes you want to wake up every day and start new. Well, and I remember reading the story of the lady who planted the Burkhart Gardens. Mm, Yes. She literally had like a gravel pit in her backyard (laughs) and she decided to make it beautiful. She did tons of study and she experimented. She had a vision and now people come from all over the world to see what she created and it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful, especially seeing ferns coming out of the side of the mountain up in Canada. Yeah, it's amazing. For our lives, it's all about the thoughts that we plant. James Allen always is talking about, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And he has quote after quote about how what we put into our mind is manifested in our lives. He said, let a man radically alter his thoughts and he will be astonished at the rapid transformation it will affect in the material conditions of his life. He also said, he who cherishes a beautiful vision a lofty ideal in his heart, will one day realize it. It goes back to if our thoughts influence everything. Oh, what beautiful things that is. If our thoughts truly influence everything, then we can become anything we want to become. And it literally is just figuring out what do we value? What do we cherish? What is our vision? Our vision can't just be to get rid of the weeds. It has to be What do I want to plant? And sometimes I think we get overwhelmed. We think, how in the world do I, how do I plant this in my life? I want calm. I want to be calm. How do I plant this, the flower of calm or the tree of calm in my life? How do I do that? Well, you look at people who are calm and you ask them questions. You just study it. That's how you plant that seed. I think we think we have to have the tree or the flower to have it. Right to already know how to do it. Just a transplant type of thing. Like, oh, well, I just give me some of yours and let's put it in my garden. It's like, you can't just go to the nursery and buy these things and put them in your garden. Right. <laughs> you have to plant these seeds and it's our thoughts that plant seeds. We start telling ourselves, I am calm. When this happens, I am calm. And it's just these seed thoughts yes. that change how we are. Oh, that's wonderful. And sometimes journaling about it. I am reading a book about achieving your life's mission, and there were a few questions that you were supposed to journal about. I found it a super useful exercise. The questions were, what brings me joy and happiness? What is my greatest desire? How do I like to spend my free time? What positive things have people said about me? What do I enjoy talking about with friends? If I had only one year to live, what would I want to do? If money were no object, what would I be doing with my life? And just writing down anything that comes to mind, what I found was that which is already in my heart came forward on the page. And it's helping me to clarify a little bit better as I work on my mission statement. I love that. And it really is about what do I want in my life? I need to know that. I want a pretty garden isn't enough. I want a good life is not enough. We have to get really specific. I want to have tulips over here and lilacs over here. And I want a little rocks and borders or whatever. You have to know what you want and it can change. Yes. We don't have to have it all figured out, but we maybe want to add a piece at a time to our garden. This year, I want to add this to the garden of my life. And I'm just going to study all these people who seem to have it already. What did they do? And I love stories because they tell us so much about the thoughts and actions. Sometimes it's fiction, sometimes it's real, but the principles remain the same. And one of my favorites is The Secret Garden. 
Such a good book. As this little garden is coming to life, as they do small and simple things in the garden, the children, Mary and Colin, are also coming to life. And they're planting better things in their own hearts and minds. And I love how the author at the end, she says, One of the new things people began to find out in the last century was that thoughts, just mere thoughts, are as powerful as electric batteries, as good for one as sunlight is, or as bad for one as poison. To let a sad thought or a bad one get into your mind is as dangerous as letting a scarlet fever germ get into your body. If you let it stay there after it has got in you, you may never get over it as long as you live. And so that's talking about getting the weeds out. Right? And I had scarlet fever and it shut down my intestines. Instead of touching my heart, it touched my intestines. It is really humbling as my body has had to try to relearn how to function. It's not the same body as when I was a child. Right. Some of those weeds in our lives, I think sometimes we pull them, but they're still seeds and we have to keep pulling them. I worry that people think there's something wrong with them when more weeds keep popping up. It's actually great because it's like... (laughs) These have always been here. You just see them now because the bigger thing has been removed. Right. Just pull them while they're little. Take them out. And then she goes on and says, When new beautiful thoughts began to push out old hideous one, life began to come back to him. Speaking of Colin. His blood ran healthily through his veins and strength poured into him like a flood. Much more surprising things can happen to anyone who, when a disagreeable or discouraged thought comes into his mind, just has the sense to remember in time and push it out by putting in an agreeable, determinedly courageous one. Two things cannot be in one place. And one way to do that is changing your literal thought. Another is through song, right? Which again are words, but they're usually words filled with light. Yeah. And so we just need to find those things and ways to plant, whether that's reading a book, singing a song. I write down thoughts on cards and I just read them. Uh-huh. And it just puts something different into my garden. When there's a disagreeable thought coming, I go to my box of quotes and I just read them until I start feeling better. Which is huge because this life is about challenges. And these are ways to overcome so that we still have the joyful minds. Yeah. And I think we can apply this even to things bigger than ourselves. I think of James Madison. I think of him looking at all the gardens of different governments that existed throughout time. He was trying to decide what type of things do we want to plant here in America. And, oh, that looks good. That doesn't, oh, I don't, I like this part of what Greece did, but I really don't like this part. But he got really, really clear on what people had planted. Yes. And what their thoughts were about those things and what the fruits were in five years, 10 years, 100 years of these types of things that were planted in these gardens of the whole country. Which is so fantastic that that is what weighed on his heart and his mind. Yeah. And because he did that, he was able to just write out, I had a garden of a government. These are the types of things I would want to plant in it. This is really important. And this is really important. Really don't want that. And he created this vision, the Virginia plan, that he came and shared with people who also were concerned about what they were going to plant in this government garden. Then they were able to discuss and really decide, okay, how do we actually plant this? And the Constitution is the beautiful fruit of that discussion that created the garden of government that we have and has pros and cons like all gardens. And there's always more work to be done in a garden. 
That is so true. I remember going to Abigail Adams Garden and it's an English garden in Massachusetts. And it's lovely to walk through. What I actually fell in love with were the trees. I believe they were just these old oaks. You could see the beauty of the flowers. You could see where little weeds were starting to come up that someone was going to take care of. And the joyful thing was you could also enjoy the huge bumblebees. So people love to come, animals love to come to gardens. People love to come to healthy gardens. Isn't that awesome? Those who have healthy gardens, you just want to be with some people. They just bring you peace and calm. I think that's one of the first things you have to do is just visit as many awesome gardens as you can. People who just fill you and really start paying attention. What is it that they have in their lives that just brings me peace and hope and light? What is it? Is it the tulips? Is it whatever the flowers that they have, what are they? And start really paying attention to that. And like James Madison, start collecting what you want, what you don't want, and make a vision plan for the garden of your life. Then just start thinking about it. Yes, that's enough. I've been amazed as I created a vision statement for my life, probably almost 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I wrote this out. This is totally a vision. I am not this way. I don't have all these things, but they were the things I wanted. And I got really specific about every area of my life. How do I want relationships to look? How do I study? How do I learn? How do I serve? All of these things, everything I could think of. And I studied tons of other people's mission statements and vision statements. And I said, oh, I like that part. I don't like that part. I want this. I don't want that. And I created that. It was my my garden plan for my mind. And I wrote it all out as if it was, like it was painting a picture. Exactly. If you paint a picture, you don't paint seeds, you paint flowers. And so when you paint the picture of your life, you don't say, I hope that someday you write it as if it is. And some people might think that's very prideful to write it as if it is. But I feel it's like it's painting a picture of what I want. It's this vision as if it is. It's what makes it manifest into real life eventually. Yeah, and I did that. And it it was a lot of work over a lot of months. And I've tweaked it over the years here and there. But I recorded myself saying it. And then I listened to it every day. I've been amazed 15 years later. Occasionally someone will come up to me and they'll say, Oh, you are so something. And I'll go, really? Me? That's something that I wrote down 15 years ago that I wanted to have in my life. I haven't even, I don't know how anything changed or how that flower grew or came to be. Only that I've thought about it almost every single day and I've wanted it. And that helps me make different decisions. And it helps me, sometimes those phrases will come to mind in the middle of a moment Sometimes I act well, and sometimes I don't. (laughs) You're human. (laughs) Act according to my vision, sometimes I don't. But the habit of it has actually made some of those flowers and fruits come. And it's so exciting. And I think, what else do I want in the garden of my life? What else do I want to plant? Because it's actually happening. This isn't just on my board Uh in my mind anymore. This is is actually real in my life. (gasps) And I want everyone to know that they can do this, that they can plant things simply by changing their thoughts and thinking about what they want and getting really clear on what they want. It's so fabulous and hopeful. It is. It really, really is. Do you see why I love having Marie here? I love her wisdom. 
What was the scripture that connected so much? I loved in Romans chapter 2, Paul says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. And really, changing our mind transforms us. It does. In Philippians, he said, and I love, this is the Jerusalem Bible translation of the scripture. In Philippians 4.8, he said, Finally, fill your minds with everything that is noble, everything that is good and pure, everything we love and honor, and everything that can be thought virtuous or worthy of praise. (laughs) It's right there. (laughs) Just fill yourself. Fill your mind with these things, and they start manifesting in your life. They start growing in your life. And really, the magic of a garden is that the sun touches it. We really don't understand why when the sun touches those leaves and the chlorophyll and photosynthesis, we we don't really know what happens. But we know that when that sun hits and something happens inside of that plant, it grows. We can do the watering and the weeding. We can do some nurturing and things like that. But it's really the sun touching it. And it's just this miracle. And we don't know really when it happened or how it happened, but we know that it happens. And as we plant all these noble, good, pure things into our minds, the sun, God will touch it and it will grow. And we will stand back and go, I don't know what I did. I don't think I did anything. I planted, I watered, I weeded, but this thing that's now manifesting in my life, it wasn't me, and I know it. It's a principle of creation, and it's by putting the words, the correct words for us in our minds. And we can do it. I mean, literally just take a moment and write down, what do you want in the garden of your life? What do you want manifested in your life? What fruits do you want? What flowers do you want in the garden of your life? Figure that out. Write it down, paint a picture, and then look at that picture every day and be amazed at what God does and what he causes to grow and bear fruit in your life. Ah, yes. So what are you planting in your life today?